It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Hey y'all, happy Monday. Georgia show starting off on a uh, different night of the week than we normally do. We took Sunday off for Father's Day, but we are back. I'm Wes Blankenship, Palmer Toms, Rusty Manzel, and Jake Roos, also known as Mountain Jake, joining the show. Guys, uh, sticking with a little bit of the Father's Day theme, if you've got young kids or if you've had them, you know that sometimes they can keep you up at night as they uh, work through their uh, just new days on earth and they're trying to figure out how to go to sleep how to use the bathroom and all that good stuff i was one of those guys sitting up with my little ones recently and i was wondering what's keeping kirby smart up at night yeah that's all i think about is the dogs (laughs) um it's june though and it's that time of the year when you're starting to look ahead to the season but you're not really playing any real ball the workouts are going on and kirby can't really be with the players it's all on his assistant coaches right now so he's got this layer between himself and the players uh i'm I'm curious what y'all think what's keeping kirby up right now about this season about college football about a position group what's making him nervous making him sweat i don't think he's nervous i don't think he's sweating it but i guarantee you it's uh these official visits right now buddy um that's what's keeping him up at night because he wants to know were we as thorough as we should be did we do all the things did we say all the things did we glad hand mom enough did we talk to dad you know i think to me that's that that's the big one for kirby right now in this moment um and listen it continues to be pretty successful i don't think it should keep him up very very late at night but uh i think that that's exactly what's keeping him up at night um because they're building toward the future we had somebody uh, over on the board today and uh i I don't mean to call you out uh at at all but um you know somebody was like oh man feels like we're losing a lot lately I am having trouble seeing that personally. Uh, you know, Georgia is on a tear that rivals about anything that anybody's got going on nationally. They're number one yeah. in the country, by the way. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not only that, you were number one in the country before this run started, just <laughs> FYI. Uh, and now you've added to it consistently each and every week. And I, I mean, they're just knocking these out of the park. You pick up another commitment today. We'll get to that later on. Um, but you know, it's been consistent throughout these official visits that it's been huge uh, for them. And they, they've been building toward the future. Like I said, you know, you look at I, I think where people lose perspective sometimes is you look at what Florida did this past weekend and they just guy after guy after guy just starts flooding in. Florida had some ground to make up. That's the difference. Ellis Robinson, the number one cornerback in the class, tells Jeremy Johnson he's locked in. 
And people are like, well, what, what's going to happen at defensive back? You've had one of the best players in America committed to that spot now for four months. I mean, it, it, these are salad days, my friends. You're, 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 not, you're not struggling on the recruiting front. But I promise you, at least in my opinion, that's what's keeping Kirby Smart up at night right now is these official visits, these official visitors, and making sure that not only is Georgia ready for 2023, but Georgia's ready for 2026, 2026. <laughs> yes. That sounds more like it, Jake Cruz. Yeah. I mean, look. I was going to say the stupid stuff. It's, you know, you don't, on the team side of things, you know, there's not a ton going on. And, you know, like you said, he can't be around those guys. And, you know, he wants to make sure that he's going to have all of his guys for the season. He doesn't want, you know, any more, you know, off season drama. Um, you know, you don't want any injuries. Um, you know, you don't want somebody to, go out on an ATV and, and get hurt or, you know, drive around town and, and get hurt or whatever. Um, ATV is like saying Voldemort in a Harry Potter book. <laughs> I know. So it, it's, it's the stupid stuff. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, on the team side of things, um, you know, as much as with it for as much time as he spends with them uh, you know, it's, it's the time that he's not with them, that he doesn't have control over them. Um, you know, and, and isn't there to watch their and guide their every move. That's what he's worried about with the team side of things. I was glad, I was glad that you caged that by saying that, uh, he's not with them at every moment and can't control their every move because, uh, he's still got control over them right now. I promise you there hey, ain't nobody hanging out without Kirby smart texting them and being like, Hey, <laughs> good decisions, right? Yeah. If Kirby has your number, he's blowing you up. <laughs> I can tell you from last night, looking at a social media post, uh, what do you have, 11 official visitors this weekend, Bruce? Yep. And so you can imagine how crazy that was and how you have to be on all weekend. You got 11 major targets in town. You're meeting with them all day yesterday. Oh, by the way, it's Father's Day. So I can tell you from last night what kept him up. He was at a travel ball field at 1224 a.m. this morning watching his 11-year-old son uh, win a ring. So I can tell you what kept him up last night was getting done from all weekend and then driving to God knows where to watch his son win a ring. So uh, he can be a dad, too. So that, that's good for him to suspend that time. So uh, last night uh, kind of kept him up at the travel field. But I think what's keeping Kirby up is what keeps him up every single day. He has a switch in him, and I don't know how much the guy could turn it off, and that's the reason why he's successful. Uh, he's just he's just built to be a, a football coach, and it's, he's built to be a CEO, and he's running his program. And um, I think right or wrong, whatever way he runs it, he's got his hands on every single thing and every single decision in that football office. And uh, I had a um, football coach tell me one time, if you're the head coach, it's your name in the paper when you lose, not those 10 assistant coaches. So – uh, what keeps him up at night is his normal job. Um, these guys are like presidents. Um, I hope he doesn't watch this, but man, he's had a rough eight years on him. When you look at you look at the before and after picture <laughs> of the presidents, Wes, please don't cut this up. But uh, <laughs> he's going to get this YouTube channel shadow man after that. <laughs> oh man, big boy decisions. You know what I mean? He is uh, he, he is running a program. He's back to back national champions, number one recruiting class in the country uh, in two classes, by the way. Yeah, two classes and. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talked with someone in that building the other day, and they had their youth camp last week, 
I believe it was Tuesday or week before last was Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They had 575 kids, and they had almost 700 kids on the waiting list. Oh, by the way, they went up $125 a camper. And I was told Kirby Smart made it very clear to every single person working that camp. If this isn't important to you, then you're no longer, you have to wrong place. So little details, when you start telling coaches this youth camp, oh, by the way, we better treat these third graders like we treat these official visitors. <laughs> when I tell you details. How many of them got offers, Rusty? I, I don't know. I'm already doing <laughs> profiles, I guess. You know what I mean? I guess I doubt, but uh, I had a dad tell me who was there and said Kirby led off the, the camp. Uh, by telling those kids, you're going to get coached hard. He said the theme of the week was hard work works. And he told the campers that four of the current roster at the University of Georgia all started at the University of Georgia Kirby Smart Camp. So when I tell you he takes little things serious, I mean, he you're takes making, small things serious. You're, you're making me feel like the oldest man on earth that there's – you went through Kirby Smart Camp already. Yeah, who, who, do we, who do we think – do we know who those four uh, are? So that would be uh, Pierce Sperling, uh, what, Drew Bobo. Uh, I was thinking about that. Um, A.J. Harris. Remember, remember he was teammates with Pierce Sperling? Yep, yep. So that's three, and I, I think th- there's a I think there's a photo from that A.J. Harris, Kirby Smart camp. A.J. Harris and Pierce Sperling, uh, I did hear the story. They lost in the Super Bowl in Sanford Stadium, so they'll have a chance to redeem their careers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you look, think about it. So four of his team has come through that little camp, and, you know, it's a, to him it's no different than high school camp, and he made it clear. I'm talking about to not only his ten guys off the field, those hundred coaches that he has to hire – to come in to work, you're not here to babysit. You're here to coach these kids, and you know little things like that, man, separates Kirby Smart. I'm I'm so glad that my parents did not take me to Kirby Smart camp when I was oh, a God. kid, man. I I wanted to be playing Sega Genesis. I wasn't trying to get screamed at by Glenn Schumann. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not sinking your hips on a drill, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, We're talking yeah. on the I guess the last show about how John Fabris was just terrifying kids at the uh, camp I went to in high school. So, <laughs> well, you know, you got to get after it and you got to, I guess if you're a parent, you know what you're getting your kid into. You want them to be coached up like that. Palmer just sent me a picture here. Who is this Palmer? That's, that's AJ Harris. That's I went and found it. That's from his commitment tweet. Uh, him in 2018 at the uh, Kirby Smart Camp. An yep. absolute, an absolute savant at finding. <laughs> you are, man. You're like uh you're like you're like better than I, AI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at that. Yeah. yeah, see that picture? Yeah. Look at that fade, man. Also very clean there. AJ <laughs> shout out to AJ Harris, man. He's already taller than Kirby right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet I bet they, they there was an offer discussed in that moment. Well, you think about <laughs> I mean, you think about that kid right that young man right there turned into one of the most highly recruited players. In the class of 2023, major battle. Georgia, Alabama, everybody involved with him. And that relationship that Kirby met with, started with he and his family in the sixth grade. Think about things about things like that. Yeah, and you talk about those small details. And like you said, I mean, like you got four guys on this roster who went through this camp before. And it yeah. makes me think of the, like the Demetrius Robertson situation. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, just those long-term bonds and never closing a door for anybody and saying, hey, we've always got room for you. You're always welcome here. 
uh, that kind of stuff. I mean, it seems ridiculous to think that like a camp that you do when you're in sixth, seventh grade would be something that, uh, you know, ended up being a, a deciding factor at some point. But guys remember this stuff, man. Well, one of our one of our members on Dogs HQ, I don't know if you guys read it, but his son came over and they drove from Texas to come to this camp. And he said he brought people real, with him. The only reason they came this far is because it is the still the the only overnight camp yep. left in the country. So most <laughs> of the things are day camps. You know what I mean? Like not only if you work Kirby Smart Camp, you're you're, you're on dorm duty. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you so, got you got the mask and tape on the door. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a little rusty man sales running around just grazing hell. I mean, you know, I, and, yeah. Uh, so I hope they were in some better dorms than the ones I stayed in. I was at. The first time I ever stayed in Russell was at one of Mark Rick's camps. Oh, yeah. And I think it smelled worse in there that summer than it probably did with some of the freshman undergrads, man. It was – there was no do. AC going. It was it was amazing that anyone survived that Tower of Terror. I don't want to tell you about the first night I stayed in Russell. <laughs> <laughs> you remember it. I may, I may have woke up on a couch in the Brumby dorm hallway. <laughs> I don't think it was a couch, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to have to go and bark after dark for that. Yeah, that's a bark after dark convo. Uh, I'll echo you, Rusty. I, I think, you know, same vein as what Palmer's saying, just the people that are around him that are keeping Kirby smart up is, is his own staff. Are they up to the standard of what he wants? You can explain it to him. You can say this is what it's like to be here but are they wired the same way? And I think that's why he's hired so many familiar faces over the last several months, because he knows that they know what he knows is that you have to be on at all times. And it makes it a lot easier to sleep at night when you know that Mike Bobo understands what makes you tick. Uh, when you know that B Mac knows what's going on, coach Hartley, all those guys. So, uh, I think that's if there's anything right now about the team itself, it is are the guys that I'm trusting to not only coach up the youth camp, but the guys that I'm trusting to coach up their positions and, and coach up their uh, the guys under their wings. Are they getting the job done? I don't think he is losing much sleep over the preseason All-American rankings. I can just see his face now if anyone were to ask him about that in a press conference. <laughs> but uh, we've got the Phil Steele. All Americans and all SEC squads. Palmer, you put this up uh, a couple days ago. Brock Bowers, of course. Cedric Van Pran and Pop Dumas Johnson on the first team for Steel. Javon Bullard and Malachi Starks on the second team. I know Javon Bullard has probably bookmarked that, and he's staring at it before he goes to bed every night. Um, he's a very motivated fellow this offseason, it seems like. And Tate Ratledge and Michael Williams – on the third team, any of those surprise y'all? I mean, to be Bullard, I guess maybe a little bit. I think he could have probably gotten the first team nod for sure. And like you said, I bet he's printed it out and he's got it above the bed. So he's just staring at it when he goes to sleep at night. Um, but, you know, you're making a transition in position. And that uh, probably is is some of what led to that. I mean, if you were going to do a star, I think it was an easy choice to put him there. How does he take the safety? That's probably part of that consideration. But you know, otherwise, I think that those are all pretty respectable picks. I, I, I can't argue with any of that. I don't know that there's anybody I feel like was snubbed uh, necessarily from, from any of the teams. Um, uh, you know, there's some guys that got to prove it this year. 
I, I think that well, Malachi's second team uh, says Rhett Womack. Second team, I think is a fair. I think that's a fair place to put Malachi Starks moving into this year. Can he play himself into a first team? Absolutely. Um, but you know, coming off of what was a tremendous freshman year, yeah, there's there's probably still some some room to grow for sure. Rusty, uh, not man. I hate to sound coach speak. I, those things to me really they kind of a grain of salt. I want to see who makes the teams after the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know. I always go back to this. I mean, it took Georgia until the Florida game to insert Jordan Davis a freshman, and forever when after they inserted him they were not the same team until that guy left and i mean that in the best way so you really don't know who's going to be who uh i'm confident in this i think that brock bowers is the top college football player in america along with marvin harrison jr that's not a quarterback yeah he's just he's he's a unicorn and i think georgia fans are going to appreciate it, but I think every time you see 19 trial on that field in Sanford Stadium and every time you see him put on that 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 red helmet, you need to appreciate it because they're going to talk about this guy forever. Yeah, And it would surprise me if that number's not hanging, even though, you know, Heinz Ward wore that number. Uh, if that number's not hanging somewhere or at least, you know, something in that stadium with the with amount of uh, potential he's got, I think it – if you want to start talking about awards, I'll, I'll give you an award. You better appreciate Brock Bowers because he is probably the greatest tight end, uh, probably the best tight end in the last 20 years in college football, and Georgia fans are going get him for another season. Absolutely. Uh, now, I, I was – wait, wait. I was going to – one guy that I thought about here, Wes, uh, and – I, I got I may one. Have, well, I, I, may, I may have missed it if you said it, uh, was Smile Monday. There's yeah. – yep, there you go. Yeah. Yep. And, That's and, where I was and, going. And I understand that the the injury concern there. Uh, so I, I get kind of the idea of where that's headed. But Palmer, I'm just going to throw it to you because I think we're uh, vibing on the same wave here. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you want to look at the stats, he finished with more tackles than Jamon did last year in less games. Um, you know, also sacks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I I think that when you're talking about a a linebacker in 2023 and what it takes to play that position, he is exactly what you want. He's able to move in space. Um, I I mean, to me, he's kind of the hybrid. If if you want to compare these guys to Georgia linebackers uh, of lately, Jamon Dumas Johnson is N'Kobe Dean. Great tackler, thumper, somebody that's that's going to be a leader. Um, and then I think that when you're talking Smile Munden, it's a combination of Quay Walker and, and Channing Tindall. I mean, you've got that athleticism and, and that tackling ability and size and strength and on down the line. I think he's going to be a first-round pick next year. Yeah. Um, obviously, like you said, Roos, the health is a little bit of a concern and a question going into the season. Um, you know, how available is he going to be? Here's um, the deal. Even if he is healthy enough to go or maybe he's healthy enough to play, but they sit him out, you know, you're talking about a lot of games there at the front end of the schedule, two or three at least, where you're, you know, missing out on the chance to rack up some stats if you're going to really be – too critical about that so maybe that holds him back uh but that that's where the health could potentially be a setback for me 
Yeah. I mean, but, and, and you look at, I mean, the health was a setback for him last year and, you know, obviously he p- played in, I think it was three less games than, than Jamon did um, and, and still finished with more tackles. I, you know, we'll see if it's three games or two games or one or more than three. Um, but I think he's got a chance to, I mean, that's kind of how it played out last year. Jamon Dumas Johnson was Georgia's leading tackler until Smile Munden got fully healthy and game in and game out, Smile Munden was the team's leading tackler. You just looked at the stat sheet and he was right there on top every game. Um, I mean, like the last seven, I want to say he was the leading tackler for like five of them. That I mean, I'm just just going off the top of my head, but there was a it was it was regular to see Smile Munden atop that tackle list and and slowly but surely. He made up for that missed time. Those DL guys are pretty interesting to me too. Um, I, I think that you could see them kind of kind of rise to this occasion as well. Um, I know we're like like you said we're preseason, but you know uh, Nazir Stackhouse, Zion Logue, Warren Brinson, those guys got a lot of reps under their belts, and you know they're going to have reps available this year as well. So how does that end up factoring in? I, you know, I think that any of those guys could probably find themselves in a good position there. I see what Tampa dog says up here with, with Kamari Lasseter. And that's the other one. Um, you know, would, would I have him as an all American, um, you know, going into the year? Probably not. Um, but certainly an all sec type player. And, and he was left off of that uh, list for Phil Steele, And that, you know, felt like, um, you know, maybe, maybe messed it up a little bit. He Dalen Everett, on the third team and not Kamari Lassiter. Um, you know, those two probably should have been switched and could have been a mix up or whatever, but um, you know, and, and I'm just as high on Dalen Everett as I am Kamari, but I think Kamari has a chance to be, um, you know, obviously Dalen's younger. I think Kamari has a chance to go early in the NFL draft next year with a strong season this year. Brandon Credit Lawless. to Brandon Lawless for working a hill of beans into the comment section. Mm-hmm. Uh, preseason don't make a hill of beans. You're not wrong about that. Back to Brock Bowers. Do y'all know the last time a tight end was a Heisman finalist? I looked it up. I had no idea, but does Never. anyone have a ballpark guess? Uh, Kellen Winslow? Nope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess like in the 40s. So that was the last – that was the only time a Heisman went to a tight end, Leon Hart from Notre Dame. The last finalist was Ken McAfee, also from Notre Dame in 1977. So – Bowers is getting a lot of hype already right now on some of these preseason Heisman lists. Won't surprise me at all if he finds a way to get there because we know that Heisman voters love storylines. Um, he probably could have been there last year, we're being honest, based on the just the way he played ball and the way he put up numbers. But uh, it won't surprise me if he's there this year. So that's some history to watch out for if you're a Georgia fan if Brock Bowers makes it. I want to see some of these preseason guys go out on some limbs with like the transfer portal guys like Dominic Lovett. If you're really paying attention to ball, you could have Dominic Lovett on a second team, all SEC or, or anything like that. And I don't think anybody would bat an eye because if you know what George is looking for in their offense, he could really get a lot of touches. And we've talked about it ad nauseum on this show. I, I'm with you completely. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, how does it get, I mean, you're talking about two guys who came into what was, a sneaky, sneakily prolific passing attack to some degree last year, especially in terms of Georgia's standards, uh, in Ra Ra Thomas and, and Lovett, who were leading receivers for their respective teams. 
And, you know, how does that change the face of it? Yeah, I, I'm with you completely on that. And, um, you know, now, now I, I didn't read Steele's list. So uh, surely to God, Lad McConkie was somewhere on all SEC, right? Second team. Se Second the team. the okay. all SEC, it was those those All-Americans were all on the first team. McConkie and Munden uh, were on the second team. Tyke Smith, second team. Third team, Kendall Milton. Uh, Xavier Trust, third team. Amarius Mims, third team. Dalen Everett, third team, and Nazir Stackhouse, fourth team. Yeah, I can I can get that one up. Um, another preseason topic that everyone wants to talk about is Georgia's ability to three-peat. We've mentioned Kirk Herbstreet's predictions about LSU and Bama uh, to on threes J.D. Piquel earlier at, uh, in Nashville, the on three elite series event. Um, and I just wondered out loud, is it because Kirk Herbstreet doesn't want to be the guy that is – just saying the same old thing that Georgia will three-peat um, because I think it – I think most of us on the show here are going to predict the same thing. Rusty, I know you've been on the record to do it, but Bruce Feldman now has said that he also expects that Georgia should be the favorite to three-peat, and it's not as much about the dogs as it is about the rest of college football not necessarily having an answer for Georgia. That's the part of the argument that I don't necessarily agree with. I think with the portal right now, with the way that these elite teams do recruit and get talent on the field, um, I do think that if Georgia met up with an Ohio State or an LSU or, or Alabama, people are looking down on Bama, I still think that these programs, these blue bloods, are going to give Georgia everything that the dogs want to handle next season. You think about it, what's beat Georgia and lately? And it's been an elite quarterback and an elite wide receiver. So you break down Ohio State, and they do have a pair of – at least a pair of elite, elite receivers. But the question mark is quarterback. Do they have a guy on that field that you feel like this is the guy that can, quote, unquote, slay the dragon? Alabama, Bryce Young, absolutely gave Georgia fits in every opportunity he could. Uh, even in a loss, he was hell. You had to hold your breath until that last throw. So you look at him and you look at Alabama. Now, does Alabama have four NFL first-round wide receivers like they had Georgia faced? They don't right now, in my opinion. They got questions at quarterback. Now, I think Alabama is absolutely a lot better than people kind of sleeping a little bit, if you can say that on Alabama, because everybody says Georgia or Ohio State. You know, Alabama's going to be pissed off. Stop, and stop, just stop doing it, man. I mean, like, <laughs> how, like how many times are you going to do this? And they're, they, yeah. I mean, they, they're they they're dudes, man. I mean, they are. They're, Alabama is year in and year out, and you can take it to the bank. It's Nick Saban. It's yeah. a top five team, regardless. Every year. Every year. And they look like – when I say they look like Georgia, Georgia looks like Alabama, and Alabama looks like Georgia. Ohio, yeah. State, Ohio State looks like Georgia. Ohio State looks like Alabama. I've said it a million times. When TCU walked in that room – they didn't look like Georgia. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, it wasn't really close. I'm it looked like, like it looked like when when Alabama showed up to Georgia in fifteen. Yeah, yeah, it did. Like it just didn't look the same. So to me, to 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 knock for someone to knock the champ out, Georgia's going to have to give somebody some breaks, or they're going to have to have elite quarterback play. Now, that doesn't mean I'm sitting here saying Georgia's going to steamroll everybody because we can sit here and talk about that Kent State first half last year. <laughs> We can talk about Missouri, especially if Dominic Lovett doesn't get hurt because they didn't have an answer. Nope. Uh, Mississippi State, Georgia couldn't run the ball for a damn yard against Mississippi State. 
So let's not just sit here and say they ran through that schedule. There's a lot of questions still, and the odds of three-peating are ridiculous, insane. But I'm with a few of those guys and saying that Georgia is going to take a, a damn performance to knock them out uh, of the whole thing. I mean, it's going to take, for me, uh, a game from turnovers, and it's going to take an elite wide receiver and elite quarterback play to beat them. Unquestionable. Yep. I mean, I, I completely agree there. Um, you know, and, and I don't – you know, you're right there, Rusty, that, that there's teams on this that if you overlook them, they can give you trouble. Um, you know, th- there's a couple that I think as, as I did my, you know, look through the schedule and, and ranked the games and did the off-season overviews of those teams – there's a couple of intriguing ones. Um, you know, do I think that Georgia is a touchdown plus favorite in every one of those games? Absolutely, but the game's not played on paper. And um, you touchdown know, you, favorite at Tennessee right now. Yep, I mean that that's that's kind of the the uh, you know one that's that's going to be the closest. That Ole Miss, I think Kentucky is a team that could give them some trouble. Um, you know, South Carolina depends kind of how what kind of momentum they come into that game with, you know, did they, did they beat North Carolina in the season opener? You know, are they still riding high off of what they did to end 2022? Um, you know, how does Auburn take on the season early? You know, are, are, do they have that home crowd behind them week five? Yeah, that's, that's the one Palmer that I'm looking at and saying people are assuming because it's uh, freezes first year. I don't know. Going to Auburn never, never, never feels good to me. Um, Tomahawk Dog wants to know how Michigan stacks up physically on the hoof. They probably should have beaten TCU, but they overlooked them. I mean, they'll be they'll be physical. You know that yeah. that's that's the brand of football that they play, and um, you know I I think that. If look, as we're having this conversation here on June 19th, Georgia is not scheduled to play Michigan. They're not scheduled to play Alabama or LSU or whatever. There's a lot of things that have to happen in order for those games to happen, not just for Georgia, not just for those other teams, for everyone across the country. And so, you know, as you look at the 12 teams that you know Georgia is going to face, like I said, they're a touchdown plus favorite in every one of those games. You can't overlook any of them. Um, because if you do, you may not be getting one of those matchups with a team that should uh, and, and probably will compete with Georgia better than anybody else in Alabama, in LSU, in Michigan, in Ohio State, you know, uh, anybody else, USC, Texas, those, those types of teams that could give Georgia more trouble than anybody that's on their regular season schedule, those games are earned, not given. Yeah, just look at Ohio State. And then – Here's something from Rhett Womack. I don't know if there's necessarily a comment here, but would we have said – what if someone said this three or four years ago? A 90% blue chip ratio should never be taken lightly, but I'd take Kirby's preparation over Saban. I'm not sure I necessarily disagree with that today, but it's just crazy how the tables have turned. I mean, uh, I mean, check out Breaking Tea, y'all. They've got all the T-shirts you need for the Georgia fan in your life. Maybe it's yourself, uh, but it is always available in gray, red, white, black. Brock Bowers still working on that Stetson Bennett. I'll make these shirts myself if I have to, but they are available as always on Breaking Tea, our merch 
apparel partner here at Dogs HQ. And it looks like they got a June promo, free shipping on all orders over 60 bucks. Hop on that. Get yourself a new Georgia T-shirt. You know you need one. All right, this one is for Roos and uh, Rusty. The Elite 11's wrapped up. We got some superlatives from our guy Charles Power, and both Georgia commits uh, made the superlatives. Best deep ball went to Dylan Riola, and best gunslinger went to Ryan Puglisi. I'm going to get the list up here, but uh, those are two pretty good – uh, titles to have for Georgia's commits. And from what we know about both of those guys, it seems like they lived up to the reputation. Sounds like me on Senior Trip 91. Both of those awards. <laughs> best gunslinger, best beat ball. <laughs> I was hell with a Nerf ball on the beat, boys. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's expected. You look at those two kids, highly recruited. You know, uh, I don't think that anybody questions a whole lot on either one of them. It's, it's which one's going to potentially be the starting quarterback at University of Georgia is what everybody asked. But to see their performance, to see what they did against the, the best in a, uh, a summer event, and I say this, the Elite 11 is an awesome event. It's a great organization, but take it for what it's worth. There's no pass rush, and you're playing with wide receivers that you really don't even know. So you don't get any time. You just walk out there, shake hands, hey, throw a route. You don't know a ton about the guy. So – Anybody that goes out there, it is a it is an honor, and you get mentioned forever with a, a great alumni base that's done through Elite Eleven. So, for those guys that go out there um, and do that, they have fun and meet the other guys. It is what it is, but it also kind of validates that these two guys uh, are, are big time quarterbacks with big time arms, and um, both are going to end up in Athens and battle this thing out. But they did nothing to go out there and raise any concerns. Uh, from the Georgia Bulldogs perspective and it shouldn't be from the Georgia Bulldog fan base. Like these two guys are dudes and there's a reason uh, they have the offers, the Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state offers that you kind of look at um, for, for, for quarterbacks. And Julian Sayans, a kid that was, you know, was heavily involved with Georgia. I, you look at Luke Cromenhawk there from Florida state. He's from Savannah, Aaron Nolan from Atlanta. Uh, Jaden Davis grew up in Atlanta till the eighth grade. I can go on and on with these guys and the connections there. So, listen, it's an honor. It's fun. Charles Power does a hell of a job. Our own three team did a hell of a job out there all week. But, uh, you know, take it for what it is. It's a summer event with no pass rush. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that to me, this wasn't a super surprising thing to see these be the superlatives that these guys won. Right. Uh, that going into this, if you read Charles Power's comments, like going into it, he said, you know, Raiola, that's his thing, man. He's he's he layers his throws about as as well as anybody in the game uh, in 2024. Uh, Ryan Puglisi, to me, the big encouraging thing about what we heard from them was that he progressed over the course of the week and seemed to really take to this talent. And listen, you know, they playing some good ball up there at Old Avon Farms. That's not Gwinnett County. On, on Friday night, all right. I, I'm sorry to say, but there, that's it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a different thing, man. I mean, and so he's played. They're playing eight games a season. That he's not throwing a D1 guys at, at all times. He came into this event with uh, something to prove, I think. And Charles said going in, you know, he throws a lot of fastballs. He's a guy who's going to really push it downfield, and he's unafraid with that. 
but how is he going to respond to playing with similar talent? I think that that was pretty huge to hear that he kind of took to that like a, a fish to water to some degree and wasn't scared of the moment, didn't back down from anything. You know, you expected this. At th- this, I mean, uh, Ryle was the number one guy in the class. And so Puglisi was the guy who came in with something to prove, in my opinion. I think he, he showed people that, hey, look, it's, it's all there. And the reality is, if you're a Georgia fan, nothing that you heard coming off of this should sway you one way or the other. It's just all good news regardless. It's not that this guy was shades better than this guy or this guy was, you know, uh, an underperformer. You have two really capable and really outstanding quarterbacks, guys who caught the eyes of some fine evaluators um, doing some fantastic things. And so to me, that's what you can take away from the Elite 11. Like Rusty said, you know, it, it's a midsummer event. It's a seven-on-seven seven thing. I mean, and guys, you know, uh, perform well in those events, and I'm not saying that it means nothing at all. But at the same time, I think that all you can take away from this as a Georgia fan is positive. No doubt. Here's what Charles Power wrote about uh, Puglisi at one point during the camp. He showed excellent zip and velocity on throws over the course of the workout. There were times where you could hear the laces hiss through the air. Sounds Not pretty bad, right? sounds pretty good. Sounds like Rusty on the beach with the Nerf ball. <laughs> keep in mind, keep in mind what Matt Godwin told us on Bark After Dark. The only the only comparison that he could come up with, uh, you know, from a from a throwing perspective at, at Georgia's camp, Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Puglisi, listen, Puglisi, like I said, to me is the raw prospect of the two. Uh, Raul has been the guy he's had, he's been through the whole thing, but Lisi showed up at camps last summer and earned a lot of his offers. And listen, a lot of trusted eyes believed that he was a guy definitely worth bringing in. Yep. I also think uh, one thing that I'll add before we switch topics here completely, I think it was big for those two guys to meet each other. I mean, you know, for them to, to have, you know, put face to face, contact you know they they understand what each other are about um you know they're they're not just talking anymore they're they are um you know they've met they are working for a common goal i I think that that's a big thing um jeremy wrote about jeremy johnson their common goal is beating each other's ass man yeah that's the goal (laughs) (laughs) they share the the one to win the job (laughs) yes but i do think before until then their common goal is getting as many talented players around them to help beat each other's ass yeah yeah definitely recruiting together yep yeah yep um well i i think that i think that when you do have a competition like that it is good to just say, hey, we know what's up. Uh, we know what the score is. Let's go out there and do the best we can, and let's not hate each other's guts in the process. And I think that's a good thing that uh, Kirby Smart's been able to do with his team, with his players. We've seen it play out now with Brock Vandergriff and with Carson Beck. They've got tremendous respect for each other, but they both know what's at stake and what they have to do to get that job done. Um, all right, guys, we got a new commitment on the board here. Number 27 out of Cedartown. We've seen that before. Tay Harris, uh, 2025 DB, committed to the Dogs on Monday night. And it's a little – seems like a little ways out. But here he is, 2025 commit. 
adding to the strength of the Georgia class is already starting to pile up some talent. I'm going to defer to Northwest Georgia expert Rusty Mansell <laughs> on this one. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Tay quite a bit. Um, it's funny, you know, with Nick Chubb there and talking to him, and Nick's opened up over the years a little bit. Hey, believe it or not, Nick talks. And uh, I went down. I went down probably two months ago one day, and and Nick said, "Hey, have you seen Tay?" I said, "Yeah, I've seen him." And I said, "What do you think?" And he goes, "Man, he's a great player." Um, you know, he kind of gave him his stamp. He goes, "Man, he he talks a lot. He says he's a lot like Richard LeCount." And I said, <laughs> "Said, oh man." He goes, "Yeah." He said, "But he's faster than Richard." So that was a big. That's a big, <laughs> that's a big deal there. Uh, he ran a ten nine hundred meters uh, this year. Laser. Um, he's a tough kid. And uh, normally I would say don't pay a ton of attention to such an early commitment, but it's Cedartown. I'm Kirby Smart's hoping they've got 20 more uh, prospects on a team down there uh, because that is one town that is – they are the Cedartown Bulldogs. They are red, white, and black. And if you are a major, just about major Division One prospect that Georgia is heavily recruiting you, you're going to University of Georgia. So uh, I think Tay's a good player. I think he's going to wind up being probably maybe a star when it all said what's all said and done that type of position for him. But you know, with that, um, I just think that Georgia's starting to do a really good job. You know, we're already looking at. It's hard to believe that we're like had to take twenty twenty five seriously. Like that yeah. seems like that seems like this ten years from now. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but that's not. And those kids will. If you look at it, you get into December this year. If you say you get around the holidays, those kids are a year away from campus because most of these kids will be mid-years. So you're about a year and a half from being on campus, really, at the University of Georgia, even though it is a class of 2025. So uh, I, I just think they're off to a great start. And um, I remember, I think we all remember seeing that Max Pretz picture of Justice Terry as eighth grader going viral. Yeah. And, I mean, when you look at him now, uh, Manchester, Dale McGee goes and gets him and uh, that is a very, very talented player. And you look at uh, Elias Williams, who is now at Camden County, transfers over from Charlton County. Uh, he's a 6'6", 230-pound tight end. I know it's shocking to Todd Hartley. He's got the number one tight end in country committed for the next class. But, um, you know, he does. But normally I would say, let's just mention this kid move on. But to, to me, that, that I would be very surprised if he doesn't end up, you know, finishing out and, and ending up at Georgia ultimately for Tay Harris yeah. out of Cedartown. Yeah, and, uh, you know, somebody asked me, uh, they were like, you know, tell me what you know about him, which is certainly not much comparatively, Rusty. I, I, I haven't – I don't – I'm not adjacent to Cedartown, so I don't get that uh, that front row seat to these guys. Yeah, the Kirby copter there, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we got to cross over Fort Mountain to get over to your side of the world, man. I, I'm not trying to get, do all that. But uh, uh, what I will say is, like, to me, the kid, uh, it's, you got a really fantastic frame on that guy, too. I mean, I said about 5'11", six foot on this guy already. Um, I think Miles Split had him at 100 meters at, like, 10, 7, 9 or something like that. Um, so, and, you know, you're that's, that's early on in your career. So, mm-hmm. I, what I said is also to you got to give some credit to the evaluation team at Georgia, especially a guy like Fran Brown. This guy's looking like a corner early on, right? Well, you know who else he spotted in ninth grade? Ellis Robinson at Rutgers. Yep. You know, this if this guy is willing to accept your commitment and offer you, go the, the offer sheet is not strong for Tay Harris right now. Central Arkansas, Georgia Southern on Troy. there. Yeah, Troy. I mean, it's it's not it's not a who's who. If 
Fran Brown's willing to offer this kid, take the commitment right now, there's probably some huge upside here that I, I think that people need to latch onto. Do you know where Tay Harris worked out two weeks ago? University of Georgia. Yeah, exactly. So, you know what? Georgia has an advantage over all these other D1 schools. Uh, they've seen him work out, and they've yeah. had a personal workout. So, they see the size, they see the time, and then they put you through a 40 to 45-minute uh, one-on-one DB workout with Fran Brown, Kirby Smart, and Will Muschamp. I mean, those three guys sign off on you. I just <laughs> I, I just move on to the next one, you know. And, and listen, talking about Ellis Robinson, you bring him up. That's a great point. When I sat with Ellis Robinson's dad in Nashville, and we were sitting there one night, and it was after hours, and I just said, look, you know, I know Miami, and I know all these schools coming at you. What what's, what sells you on Georgia? And he said a couple of things. He goes, not only is it Fran Brown, is a huge deal, but Will Muschamp and the DBs that he's coached and he's put in the NFL – and then you start talking about Kirby Smart. He said, look, my kid is going to have, at minimum, these three guys for a while. Even if somebody leaves, I still trust that those guys that can develop my son. And let me tell you something. You know, the way he said that to me, I, I, I told Chad Simmons the next morning, I said, Chad, that, that kid, I'd be shocked. I know there's other schools are coming at him, and you don't get a number one corner in the country easy. But right now, Fran Brown's got him. And, I, and just talking to his dad, who they were great people, his mom and dad, great people. Uh, they just feel like that they trust the Georgia staff and they trust those guys that's going to develop their son. Yeah, it's got to be tough to be a South Carolina or Florida fan and watch Will Muschamp be Ooh. such a huge part of Georgia's success because he is. And uh, he, he, he has been since he got to Athens, returned to Athens, I should say. He got to um, Arrow last year. Will was the lead guy on that. Yeah, out of, out of Boston. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Usually we do this entire show on a Sunday. It's not a dog stock Sunday. It's a dog stock Monday. And I'll get us started with something from our board over at DogsHQ.com. It is the last day that you can sign up. A dollar for six months or four ninety nine. For one month. That is not a typo. I'm not sharing fake news. That is true. But you only have a couple hours. If you're listening to this on a podcast, it is too late. You have to do it tonight if you're a YouTube subscriber. But this is from our board, our guy Ryan Jordan, who has a pretty good pulse on Georgia baseball. Only Palmer has him beat, I think. I don't know. But about he has that one. the best story. <laughs> The uh, Furman Bisher of uh, Georgia baseball is of that. He has the best story that I think you'll hear about a Georgia uh, alum, a couple of them this week. So uh, this is what Ryan wrote. Many of you already know who former UGA baseball player Chance Veazey is. If you don't, he was a freshman second baseman here in 2009 when a woman traveling down Lumpkin Street turned onto Baxter in front of Veazey's moped. Chance tried to avoid the car, but he slid into it, breaking his back and severing his spinal cord. Chance has been paralyzed from the waist down ever since that accident occurred. Because family has always been so important in his life, 
Chance said some of the first questions he had were about starting a family of his own in the future. Chance married his wife Molly in 2020, and they decided to try and get pregnant through IVF. Remembering that Matthew and Kelly Stafford conceived their first child through IVF, the VZs reached out to them for any advice. Kelly told them that she'd already decided to pay for the IVF treatment of a podcast listener of hers, but that woman had recently called and announced that she was pregnant. The VZ's insurance did not cover IVF, and Kelly already had the money put aside. God's perfect timing, as Chance put it. We can't thank Kelly and Matthew enough for helping make this possible for us. We will forever be grateful for these two wonderful and selfless people. The VZs welcomed Stafford Thomas VZ two days ago, a baby boy they will call Ford. And that's just an amazing story. Appreciate Ryan sharing it for us. But stock up on all of that. That was amazing. How the hell do you follow that? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, what do you want me to say? Like, oh, yeah, Trey Scott's doing it right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say, probably should have saved that for later. God oh. provided a miracle. And, uh, yeah, D-Lyle recruiting is looking pretty good right now. <laughs> 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 I'm going to in the country. Had a great time in Ab this weekend. <laughs> I'm fine to end it on that note. It's fine by me. But hey, uh, seriously, great stuff. That is crazy. So I didn't I did, I did know that. And. I knew a little bit of the chance story, but man, just, just Kelly and and uh, Stafford to do that, man, that is whew, that is that's good stuff, man. Tremendous. I'm glad. Um, what was his name used to do the game day? Tom uh, Rinaldi. Tom Rinaldi. Oh boy, I don't care. That's Tom Rinaldi story yeah, waiting to happen. That is within his purview. My Let friend. me tell you something, Tom Rinaldi. <laughs> he started when they came to him. You just grabbed Kleenex. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like Rusty walked into the varsity. Thinking he's gonna eat two chili dogs, and everybody in the living room's crying. So that is. And a then we found party. out they were out of chili. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Anybody else got a stock? I'll do one. I go, go for it. Uh, I'm gonna say stock up on um, you know Georgia's really this run they've had through June. Um, it, you know, these official visits sometimes can take a little bit of time to produce results, but Georgia's done a great job week after week and at at 25 today. So I I know that that's probably not going to be as exciting to people, but they're producing results week after week when it comes to these official visits. And that can be hard to do. Guys are coming off of these uh, OV highs and they're kind of taking some time, I think, to reset their board a little bit after these trips and, you know, kind of really feel how they feel. Georgia's added some key players. I mentioned on the board today, I think it's been like uh, eight guys, I think, in the last month. If I'm not mistaken, if you include Tay Harris in that, I think it's um, nine with that. Nine, nine with Harris. Okay, so eight and twenty, eight in the twenty-four class. Then, yeah. Um, and Dylan Riola, I think, just outside of that window. Yeah, um, that's right. It is. It is eight. If you, and then Rayola right. would be number nine. Yep. Right. So, uh, you know, just a, a fantastic time. I, you know, people were kind of wringing their hands and saying, "Oh man, you know, Georgia's lost some battles recently." And Makai Borio goes to. Um, uh, Florida today, Sammy Brown to Clemson. Listen, when you're involved with these many, this many guys, you're going to lose some of these battles. And that's the necessity of, of playing with the big dogs, right? But at the same time, do not underappreciate what Georgia's got going on on this recruiting trail. And, oh, by the way, they got another big weekend coming up this weekend with some dudes they feel real good about. So it's not a bad time, all right? Don't wring your hands. This is – they're they're not going to win them all, and and that's just the nature of the game. But um, they're getting their they're getting I would say even more than their fair share to be honest with you. 
Florida fans are throwing a party over uh, Borio committing to the Gators after visiting Athens. I got to say, at face value, that does seem like a pretty big win for uh, people down in Gainesville. That's a good win for Billy Napier, man. That is a good win. I mean, people were kind of – I was reading some of the Twitter comments today. I mean, yeah, that was a a kid. That that kid was a take at Georgia, and it is what it is. I kind of thought, you know what, man, that's kind of where Georgia is when you – when you win a recruiting battle against them, you celebrate it. You know, why does it happen much? So, uh, with that deal, that's a great job, Billy Napier. And I think they've got nine commitments in the last seven days. Yep. And, and I uh, think they added one while we were on the show. They got one. <laughs> <laughs> they got one tonight. And uh, and I'll, I'll make a note on the board. I got some behind the scenes on that. So, um, I'll go right into my stock up. And I'll say stock up this. Um, I'll go stock up for Dogs HQ the Dogs HQ staff, and the first uh, almost 50 days that I've been involved here um, with this thing. And what do we got? About two hours left on this special, uh, $1 for six months. I've got another uh, set of insider notes I'm going to run tonight. I think Georgia fans are going to be excited about one particular That'll note. That'll be the fourth one tonight or today just by FYI. Yeah, I'm going to write uh, a pretty good note I think Georgia fans are going to be excited about for tomorrow. Uh, something's going to happen tomorrow in Athens, so I think I'd be excited about that. So, listen, I'm do- I'm stocked up for not only my, my my staff and you guys and Jake Rowe and Jeremy Johnson and Chad Simmons, all guys we consider part of this team, but uh, for the people here that have subscribed, I mean, we have just hit crazy numbers, uh, crazy views. Uh, I sat on a meeting today about our company and what's going on. Very, very excited, but, um, you know, we got about – Two hours left on a deal that I'm not sure that I will ever get to do again. What exactly was a dollar for six months? Yeah, I ha- I've had to read it like five or six times. It is a dollar for six months. Yep. Four ninety nine for one month. Yep. So I'm not the <laughs> you best choose. Math. You do the math. Wait, yeah. wait. What's economical for you? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 what's I, the I best for you and your family at the end of the day? <laughs> I told Jake Rowe, I thought the deal was over. And and all of a sudden it's it's back it's it's too good to be true so you hop know, on it tonight. You know the truth? It was supposed to be over last week and they messed it up. I, yeah. So, so we 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 begged for today, and we got today. So uh, when I tell you that literally you probably never have this opportunity again for one dollar for six months. I believe it gets you through the Georgia Florida game. If I, we looked at the numbers right on that, uh, so you can cover most of the all the camp three quarters of the season almost. And and by then you should, if we're not worth a damn dollar, then then you're not at the right place or we're not doing our job right. So Rusty Mansell will personally refund that dollar. Yeah. His email is palmer.toms at on3.com. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, stock up, you guys. Appreciate, uh, you know, you, you, you three guys as well. But not, these people here that are on our, you know, Dylan Brooks and Brett Womack and all these guys that are, you know, not only on here but on our site every day and asking questions. But, you know, listen, if you got friends, you got buddies, you got buddies you owe 10 bucks to from a, from a golf game, give them a dollar uh, in the next two and a half hours. because We got gift subscriptions too now. We got gift subscriptions. So we're two hours away from this never happening again. As far as I know, Dylan Brooks says, tell Shin and Terry to get that app ready. Uh, I saw an uh, email today. Apple has approved. Uh, they're making one more change and we're going to have an app. And that is something that I know the place that I came from, we fought and fought and fought and fought. But whatever the hell Shannon Terry does, he gets it done. And we're about to have an app that's going to be a game changer. 
Well, again, I don't know how I followed that up, but I'll go stock up on the Tampa Bay Bulldogs. Uh, <laughs> Rodrigo Blankenship signing with the Bucks last week. That specialist That's room fun. got got the Georgia taste to it with uh, with Jake Camarda there, and then Georgia football dad Todd Bowles, head coach there. So uh, you know, you you got the Philadelphia Bulldogs, Tampa Bay Bulldogs. Mm. Good Wish job, Palmer. Way to sew it up. I love it. Great, uh, great show, fellas. Thanks to everyone in the comments. Y'all just amaze me every single time we do this. Hit like and subscribe if you don't already. Do everything that Rusty just told you to do. And we will see you back here again in a couple days. Wednesday night, 8.30. Every time we do it. Wednesday at 8.30, Sunday at 8.30. And in a couple weeks, Bark After Dark, we'll be back Mondays at 9. A lot of fun things going on at Dogs HQ. Thank you all for being a part of it. We'll see you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.